Well, howdy, folks. Welcome to Michael Perry's voicemail, episode number 75. Out the window of my little room above the garage, I can tell you that it is windy and leaf rattly and cold. And for the first time this year, I feel like maybe we're not going to get out of having winter. I don't have a snappy segue out of the weather into today's reading. I'll just say that it's the first piece in the book from the top, and it's one I wrote back when I still had pigs. And it goes like this. Lately, I have been contemplating the cosmos, which is to say standing out behind the chicken coop after battening the hatches for the evening and staring at the stars. You can see the stars pretty good out back of the coop if you look down the ridge where there's nothing but one mercury vapor farmyard light in the distance. If you look off to the north, you won't see quite as many stars because someone built a big house off that way and put up their own faux vintage streetlights to line the driveway in and then additionally surrounded the house with a row of halogens apparently uprooted from the runway at Chicago's O'Hare Airport. No sense building a place like that if folks can't admire it all night long, I guess. And then off to the northwest, well, it's tough to see any stars at all because the horizon is always gauzy white from the glow of the parking lot lights over at the mall. It can be odd sometimes, standing in the pig pen, knowing you're less than ten minutes from the fall collection at Victoria's Secret. The lights keep coming closer, and I suppose unless the Mayans were bad at math, they'll keep coming. At the time that I wrote this, there was a big deal about the Mayan calendar and the world ending. Didn't happen, I guess, unless no one told me. There's no sense in me getting too snippy about all this progress, since I'm part of that parade. Our house began as a log cabin built in the 1880s, and you know for a fact the first time an Ojibwa or a trapper looked up the hill and saw a lantern in the window, they figured, well, there goes the dang neighborhood, and in truth, whenever we say that, we're generally right. In a small gesture of nocturnal regard, when our mercury vapor va- when our mercury vapor yard light burned out, I left it that way. But that was less about me taking a stand against light pollution than me taking a stand against climbing ladders anywhere near power lines. The other reason I don't get too snippy is because when we get snippy, we tend to snip ourselves right in our own behinds. I still get letters and emails from readers who tell me how much they enjoyed the essay I wrote back in 1996, taking to task people who live in houses built atop hills. And as I read those emails and letters now in our house atop a hill, I pause to consider the view and reflect on my own inconsistencies. I didn't build this house up here, and you can hardly call an old mismatched, slant-floored, crooked-windowed farmhouse ostentatious, but nonetheless, the paradox is sufficient to tap my self-regard on the shoulder and give me that look that says, um, take her down a notch. So I stand out there behind the coop, and I look at the stars, and I pick out the constellations, going through them one by one. That sound you heard was me leaning back for a moment, and I hit my head against a gigantic pair of antlers hanging on the wall, and then they bounced and rattled, and finally I've stopped moving again. So I stand out there behind the coop, and I look at the stars, and I pick out the constellations, going through them one by one, Orion, the Big Dipper, the North Star, and that's it, because I don't know anymore unless I fire up the iPad app. 
But even staring up and out at the stars in ignorance is worth my while, because we can all use some cosmic recalibration now and then. And nothing calibrates your snippy. Nothing tempers your self-regard. Nothing tamps down your own ego. Like 30 seconds spent staring into a depthless universe of countless howling gas balls. In a darker form of comfort, when I lower my gaze and re-encounter the encroaching lights of creeping humankind, I'm re-reminded that we could pave and streetlight this entire blue ball and still not be so much as a blink against what's out there, and furthermore, the universe is capable of shutting us down in an instant in the manner of someone triggering a cosmic clapper. But then my heart becomes cozier as I look back over my shoulder to the glow of the mall and realize that Despite all the black holes in the universe, I have managed somehow in this instance to place myself in perfect equidistance between timeless infinity and Victoria's secret. Well, first off, shortly after that piece came out, the neighbors turned off those big old landing lights and <laughs> that were illuminating that house so brilliantly out here in the country. And I have no idea if they read the piece, but I, when I noticed that they had quit illuminating their house, I felt a mix of shame and delight. The general glow, though, the glow of the city just keeps getting closer. Uh, there's someone building a house now at the top of our dead end. I've met them. They seem like real nice folks, and I can hear the bulldozers most days right now. But we're still tucked up this dead end, and the stars are still in the sky and deeply unconcerned with the long-term effects of strip malls. So at the end of the day, I'm grateful for what I've had, for what I might have, and uh, I just say what we always say where I'm from instead of goodbye, even if it comes time to pack up and leave this place, which could happen. I wouldn't say goodbye. I'd just say, well, I suppose, forward. <laughs>